my pastor's kind of boring. He's not, he's not really a dynamic kind of a guy. I don't really like the way he teaches. Uh, I don't like the way he preaches. And I kind of just, you know, stopped going. And so in, until there's a, a good church or whatever, I guess I'm just kind of on my own. Is this what God wants of us? Is it someone else's fault because of our spiritual condition? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkes-Barre in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you missed the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and Gab TV at 9 a.m. every Sunday where these are uploaded and you're going to find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube at God's Resistance, spelled G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. If you go to any of those pages, make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. And you will find us in person every Sunday at noon, starting in noon now. We used to be in 11, but now we're starting in noon in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square, weather permitting. You can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. Oftentimes I've talked with people out on the square or I've just talked with people in general uh, over some years. And it appears to be that when I try to talk to them about their spiritual life, they bring up some individual as if it was this individual's fault um, that they are not where they should be spiritually. I would agree that there's times where somebody can do something into your life and it certainly uh, steers your course differently. It, it makes you have a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe you experience some hypocrisy in someone's life that call themselves a Christian. I understand all that. But ultimately, it's not going to be their fault if you are not saved. It's not going to be their fault if you are headed for a, uh, an eternal hell. And people like to pass the blame off. It happened in the beginning when we read in the beginning of the Bible there where Adam and Eve, uh, they sinned and God questions Adam and says, the lady made me do it. We want to pass the blame off. We don't want to take it for ourselves. But Jesus, he did not leave confusion up to any of us. He made it very clear what needed to happen. He made it very clear where the responsibility lied, lies. And he gave the message to the people in a way that they could understand it so that they would walk in truth and light. I'm looking in Matthew chapter 13 here. We're going to be reading through this, not the entire thing, but a good portion. And I'm just going to kind of, you know, talk about some of these things as we go along. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, that's parables or, or stories, saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, 
Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun arose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then Jesus, he spoke these words, preached him, and then he was done. Can you imagine going to a church and hearing the preacher say something like this? You would say, well, what kind of a preacher is that? That's all he got? No wonder I'm not getting any help spiritually and they walk off. You see how that can happen? That may have happened to you. I don't understand what he's saying. And then you walk off. But Jesus put the responsibility in the people's hands. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's us, the hearer. It's not the person sowing, it's the hearer. Then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And you may ask the same question. If Jesus wanted people to know the gospel, the saving gospel so bad, why did he speak in cryptic stories instead of just telling us flat out what needed to happen? It's wrapped up in what Jesus said in the ninth verse of chapter 13 of Matthew. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The, the responsibility is going on the person. We live in a welfare state. We live in a, in, a, in a place where we think we're entitled to receive all these different things. And I understand that some of us, we, we have some hard, hard knocks in life and things aren't always easy. I understand that. And I'm not belittling that at all. But we're not entitled to anything necessarily. We have to work for things. We got to do something about it, right? But in this entitlement society, we kind of just feel like, well, if anything's going to happen, then people have to give it to me. They got to give it to me because I, I, uh, you know, I'm worthy of this. You know, I'm entitled to this. But Jesus said, no, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, then the disciples came and asked him about those stories. Why are you telling a bunch of stories? And his answer was, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Somebody might say here, well, see, there you go. What kind of choice do I have? It says that he gave it to some people to understand and know it, and to others he didn't. Was that just because God arbitrarily chose who should understand and who shouldn't? No. Some people's hearts are more open to the things of God. And though they didn't fully understand perhaps what he spoke in this story, their heart didn't just immediately dismiss it and walk off. They were drawn. They wanted to know more. And that was God's purpose. That was Christ's purpose. And we can read about that here. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Doesn't that seem backwards? In our society, it's like the person that doesn't have should be given more, and the person that has a lot should give away some of the things that he has. That's communistic ideal, by the way. God said no. Jesus said differently. He said the person that has an abundance will be given more. Why? They must have worked or done something in some way to get to the place that they are right now. And so they haven't squandered whatever has been given to them. They have, they have worked for it. They've appreciated it. And they know how to handle things afterwards. And we, we could think about this in finance. 
You're not going to give a million dollars to somebody who's going to blow it on prostitutes and partying, but you might get a million dollar grant if you're a trustworthy individual that knows how to use money and use it wisely, then you may have a better opportunity. And it's the same in the spiritual realm. That's what Jesus is saying. For to one who has, more will be given. He's shown himself faithful. I can give him more things. I'm not going to overload him when I tell him more spiritual truths. He gets it. He's, he's grasping it. And so I'm going to teach him more and more and more. And we get that inside of the public school system or any other area in life where we're trying to teach somebody something. You can only teach them as long or as much as they will allow themselves to be taught. If they don't get something, you can't really move past that, right? It's the same with, with the things of God. But from the one who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. Why? Because there's no relevance for what he has. There's no, there's no reason as to why he should keep this thing. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't know it. So even what he thinks he has, well, that's gone as well because it doesn't fit together. The puzzle pieces don't fit together to form a full picture. And so even what he thinks he has, it's gone. He doesn't even know how to use it. And Jesus said in verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. It's like he's saying, I could lay something right in front of their face and they could look with their eyes and still not see it. They could listen with their ears and still not hear it. That was kind of a little bit of what I was saying before. He, but essentially what Jesus is saying is these people are so blind, they can't see. I could lay it right out in front of them and they won't get it. And they won't understand it even though they heard it. Why? He tells us from a prophecy in Isaiah in verse 14. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. So Isaiah knew, first of all, he knew the hearts of people, of men, that they were so wicked and corrupted and at large turned away from God and going their own way. But he also has this prophetical utterance, this statement of the times of when Christ was going to be on earth. Here, he says it. He says, you'll indeed hear and never understand and you will indeed see but never perceive. Well, he's talking about the masses of people. Excuse me, but he's also talking about the religious leaders. These were these should have been the people that were leading others into this truth. And it's like, they don't, they, it's right in front of their face. They don't see it. They hear it. They don't understand it. So they just kind of throw it off. Why? Verse 15, Jesus said, for this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears, they can barely hear and their eyes, they have closed. Notice the responsibility is not on anyone else, but the person, the listener, their eyes, they have closed lest they, or for fear that they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. So what's he saying? These people want to continue in wickedness and sin. And they don't want to hear and they don't want to understand. They don't want to see what God's saying because if they do, then they're going to have to reckon with the fact that they're going to stand before the judge of all the earth one day and answer for what life they lived. So they can't just eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we'll die. I've got to stand before God and give an account. So that means my decisions count in this life. That means if I live a wicked way, I'm going to have to answer for that. And they don't like that. So 
for fear that they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And God, and then they would turn, repent, and God would heal them and make them new people. They say, ooh, I'm not really willing to go that direction. So they continue to remain blind, deaf, and they don't understand in their hearts. But Jesus makes a difference between those, which the, Jesus said, broad is the way of destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. The masses of people in the world are, are not Christians, are not right with God, and are going to hell according to Christ, not according to me. But he says about the disciples something different. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Why? We go back to what he said again. Their eyes have they closed for fear that their sins will be found out and they're going to repent and God will change them. It's their responsibility. It's what they've done with it. And he says, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Why? Because they wanted to. Because they want to know the truth. And that makes the difference between people that really walk with God and people that just, they tell themselves different thoughts, different belief systems to salve their conscience so that they can continue living wickedly and not repent. But he said, blessed are you that hear these words, that, that there's a drawing in your heart toward them and you want truth. Blessed are you. These stories aren't going to be something you throw off to the side. He said, for truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Why? Because Christ hadn't come yet. So now he, he explains to them why he tells them these stories. He explains to them that the reason he tells the stories is because he could lay things straight out in front of people's faces and they won't see it. He's explaining to them that the reason that he tells these things in stories is because it's like a fishing line. He's throwing and casting his line out and the hungry soul is going to bite. And it's not going to just, you know, say this guy's a crazy guy. He's just telling a bunch of stories. Who, who even knows what he's talking about? No, the people who want truth, it rings true with them. There's something inside of them that responds to that truth. And he said, this is why I say stories, because it separates the people that really hunger and thirst from those that really could care less. Maybe those people want some kind of religious life because it, it makes them look better in society or whatever, and they're more respectable. But Jesus isn't looking for those people. He's looking for ones that want truth. And so he says to his disciples, you're different because you want truth. And because you've been chosen to be my disciples, I'm going to tell you what these things mean. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So now Jesus pulls his disciples close and explains to them that parable of the sower with the seed. And remember, he ended that parable. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. 
So his disciples had the ears to hear, so they're going to hear. No doubt there were many other people that also had that heart and that also wanted to hear. And they had ears to hear. And they followed him. And they, they probably thought on his teachings. But now he's pulling those, the, that small group together. And he's going to tell them. Hear then the parable of the sower. Now listen, he's not talking about just hear it in your ear. He's like, hear this in your heart. Understand it. Internalize it. Get it. That's what Jesus is saying. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. Okay, so we've got one class of people here. This is, I've been alluding to this class of people a little bit throughout this, but they're ones that hear the, the word of the kingdom and they're like, I don't understand what he's talking about. When the world is, what, what is he talking about? What do these stories even mean? We have a, a whole classes of people in this day. That's just a bunch of fairy tales. It's a bunch of myth. It's, you know, uh, it's just something to soothe the masses, masses. That's what Mark said. Religion is the opiate for the masses. Just helps them deal with the hard realities of life. We don't know what's going on. We don't understand it. So what do we do? Eh, you just turn away. And it's just like if somebody's throwing seeds out on a dusty path, they don't really sink into the soil and sprout and grow, but birds come by and eat it all up. And he said, that's what the devil does to those people. They hear that word, it comes toward them and they don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't really even want to understand it. And the devil comes and snatches that seed out of their life and they continue to walk on blindly in sin and in wickedness. There's throngs of people that are like that in our day. You may be one of those listening right now. I would urge you to stop going through life just thinking that somehow you're going to fix all this. You've got the answers and you're going to know. Do you know how many generations behind you have thought the same way? And nobody yet has found the answers. Nobody yet has found their, the answers by themselves, I mean. They haven't done anything that, that's been any different. It's just repeated all throughout history over and over again. And yet here is Christianity still. And wherever Christianity was sown inside of a culture in truth, and I say in truth because there are many things done in the name of Christianity that are totally against the Bible. But wherever it was sown in truth, society was lifted up and elevated. Intellect was stimulated. So many things had happened where the betterment of society had taken place. And yet so many people think, oh, I can figure this out with science. We came from an explosion in the sky. We came from monkeys. We, all sorts of other things. That doesn't even make sense in normal life. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. We, we think that all this that we are is some happy accident. The intricacy of emotions and feelings, the intricacy of just how life fits together, that was a chance. We don't look at that in any other thing in life. When there's a building, we know somebody built that. When there's a painting, we know somebody painted that. We know that. And yet we want to push God out of the picture here. If that's you, don't be the one that just throws that off to the side. But the thing is, Jesus said the responsibility is up to you. It's not up to the person who said it. You may not like their demeanor. You may not like, maybe they look, you know, kind of nerdy or you can mock them. It's nothing special. It doesn't matter. It's up to you what you do with the truth. Another class of people. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one 
who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So this is talking about people that they hear the gospel. They don't reject it like the first crew. I think this is wonderful. Wow. That sounds like something I really want. That sounds like something that would better my life. And you hear that now. Joel Osteen, have your best life now. Kenneth Copeland, send your money in and the wind of God was going to pour out a blessing and this guy's getting rich off a bunch of ignorant people. Sending money into a guy that could care less about the gospel. He's in this whole thing for himself. He's a, he's a wolf inside of sheep's clothing. There's a lot of these people, Benny Hinn and the prosperity gospel. There's so many of these people that have lost what the scripture is talking about and have made themselves rich and fat off the people. And in Ezekiel, can't remember what the chapter is offhand. I want to say it's 34. That God says, I'll judge those people too that have made themselves fat off my sheep, like a shepherd taking all of the supplies that should have been to feed the sheep and taking it to themselves. God's not going to forget that either. But these people that have heard this, they're like, oh, God's going to make my life better. Oh, if I, have, if I had Jesus to my life, oh, it's going to be so wonderful. There's going to be so many blessings. You know, I'll get a new house. I'll get a new car. I'll have a great job. I'll have a good marriage. You know, uh, I'm going to have that quintessential home. I'm going to have a boy and a girl, a cat and a dog. It's going to be wonderful. And this is what they think the gospel is, that it's just going to make everything so peachy and wonderful. I just want to tell you, look in the scriptures. You will find that the apostles and prophets, they did not have an easy life. It wasn't peachy and wonderful. They went through some of the most difficult things in life and yet stayed true to God. But if that's what you think the foundation of the gospel is, you are going to be sadly mistaken, just as this class of people was. They receive it immediately with joy. This is wonderful. And I'm going to walk with God. But they were like those people that didn't count the cost. They didn't look and see how much money they had before they started to build some huge building or like Jesus said, a tower. And then they get towards, you know, they get maybe two thirds of the way in and find out I don't have enough money to finish this. They didn't count the cost. So what happens? This one hears that word of God and immediately receives it without thinking through it. They receive it with joy. And yet the person has no root. They have no depth in themselves. And they endure maybe for a little while. You know, maybe they had a bad day at work and -and so-and-so wasn't nice to me, but oh, I'm so glad I have Jesus in my life. They just don't know Jesus, you know? There's that that kind of happy-go-lucky attitude. And I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with what I just said. Jesus does make a difference in our workplace and our interpersonal relationships. But they endure for a little while with these little things here and there. But then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. What does that look like? You give your life to Christ and then perhaps your family members, they don't agree with you. So they start thundering at you, hurling accusations, mocking you, making fun of you, making your life miserable. Maybe you're even going to a certain church and you think, I, you know, you, you've been saved. God's done something for you. You go to a certain church and then you find the church isn't so nice to you either. And then you think, oh no, I, I don't know if I can handle this. So you back up. You don't, you don't continue the course because you thought that everything was going to be easy. You thought that everything was going to be wonderful and nice. 
but you were deceived. And because you were deceived, you had a wrong view of what Christianity was supposed to be like. And when persecution comes because you call yourself a Christian, you say, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm not one of those kind of Christians. I'm not that type of Christian. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not speaking against this homosexual lifestyle that you live in. No, no, no. I'm not speaking against this adulterous relationship. No, no, no. It's okay if you drink a little bit here or there. I mean, that, that's fine. And all these things, they take the keen edge off because they don't want to be separate from the world. They want the world's approval and pat on the back. And he says, those people, when persecution arises, they fall away. Oh my. That's not like the, the gospel that we hear now where it says that if you get saved, you're always saved. It doesn't matter what you do because you can't be unborn. This is the argument. Jesus says something entirely different. He said, it's up to you, listener. You can be the one that the seed falls onto the rocky soil and has no depth. And when trouble comes your way, you can fall away. That doesn't mean you just fall down and got a boo-boo. That means you turn your back on God. It's possible that you can turn your back on God and you can forfeit your covenant relationship with God. You do not have his covenant relationship of salvation any longer. That is what the, the, the scriptures teach. And Jesus says, you can fall away. And it happens immediately when the persecution comes. So there we find that. Another class of people in the 22nd verse. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So this is the one that maybe they start off well, they go through a lot of things, but they start to gain money in this life. And their life starts to be about some of the things they have. And it doesn't start off just crazy. It goes in increments. And because of that, instead of now having a love for God's word, instead of now reading God's word, and cherishing God's word and saying, this is, this is what my life was like. This is what I did. I woke up in the morning. I, I prayed to God. I read this book. Instead of reading God's book and making that a priority of your life, you've now turned your back towards these riches and it's sapping the life out of you. It's choking the life out of you, as it says here. And instead of you being a fruitful Christian, you've lost the keen edge. There's a shallowness that's come about you. Your prayer life is tanked. Your witness isn't bright and clear. He says that person that allows money, material possessions and things to slowly take precedence in life is going to find out that it's going to choke the word of God out of them and they're going to become unfruitful people. Oh, don't let that happen. Money in itself is not evil, but the love of it is the root of all evil. And that can happen so imperceptibly if we're not careful. God help us. And again, it's the listener that needs the help, right? It's not Jesus. It's not the preacher. It's the one who hears. Then he says, but there is this class. As for what was sown on good soil, notice the soil is our responsibility. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. And understanding means that I didn't only just listen it and get it up here. It sunk into my heart and it changed me and I lived it out. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold in another 60 and in another 30. So depending on our, how we're receptive, we are, we yield different amounts of, of fruit in our lives. The fruit of the gospel, the fruit of salvation, the fruit of light going out into the world and other people coming to Christ 
that hinges on how we hear and how we listen, how we understand, how we internalize, how we live it out, how we obey. And he said, there are those people that have prepared their hearts, like the, like the apostles here, prepared their hearts and the seed of God comes in and it bears much fruit. So where are you, dear listener? Are you one that just doesn't care and throws it off to the side? It's your responsibility. It's no one else's fault. It's going to be yours. Are you the one that received with joy in the rocky soil, but then things got tough, so you thought, I can't really do it like this, and then you turn your back on God and what you, which you found in the Bible? It's not Christ's fault. It's not Christianity's fault. It's your personal responsibility, and therefore your fault. Is it you that have walked with God for a little while, but material possessions started to take the precedence in your life and it pushed the, the word of God out to the side and you've kind of lost that keen edge. You've lost that indwelling spirit inside of you and you're unfruitful. Is that you? You can repent, you can turn. Be the one, like it said at the last, that had the good soil. Be that one that's prepared their hearts before God and will receive the things that God wants to give, which is true salvation and salt and light in this world. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email me at gods.resistance at gmail.com. I'd love to set up a time. We could go to a coffee shop. We could talk. We could do whatever we need to do so I could help you along your journey. I want you to tell your friends and your family about this broadcast and about our social media accounts. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.